What's up, everybody? Welcome to the anime podcast of some sort. It's an anime podcast, technically, but we kind of go all over the place, too. Video games, manga, weeb stuff, conventions. It's, it's, that, that is why the of some sort is emphasized. It's the anime podcast of some sort. I'm David, also known as DJM. My co-host, Jack Noir, Count Jack Noir, Jack the Artiste. Jack Dalton Castle Anderson the fourth. What's up, Jack? Wow, I gotta tell you right now, I've got more things bottled in me than a ginger beer convention. I tried. <sighs> but trying is all that matters. There's a lot to talk about today, David. There's a lot going on in nerd related news, gaming, movies. There's a ton. There there really and is a lot. I'm excited. Actually. I was kind of thinking, well, it didn't seem like we, we had a lot, but we do. We do, actually. So what have you been up to? W- w- watching anything? Playing any games? I know we're both playing Sonic Mania, and I, I could talk about Sonic Mania forever. Oh. What, what are you up to, Jack? Yeah, I, w- I will hold you to talk about Sonic Mania, because I'd like to make some comments for sure for that. Uh, but uh, I went to second anime last weekend. And that was interesting. There, there were a lot of different differences between most of my con experiences, David. So I'd like to walk you through them. But there's some cool Absolutely. stuff, too. Uh, so first of all, I actually didn't... I, I bought my ticket for the entire weekend, but I actually only went to the first two days. And it's not a four-day convention. There's no day zero like most, uh, most weekends. So I just went for two days. Because I was exhausted and when i explained some of the things that i got up to i think that will be very evident i did have a little bit of extra coin because of my uh my housing situation for the convention uh and due to my emotional exhaustion and that extra money i drank lots but you know i haven't actually had a much of a drunk con experience for a while so it was well worth it and there was a lot of fun to be had on the the strictly party side, if I would say. Um, so so for that first night, uh, realizing you know I'm I'm just gonna have to you know kick back and have a drink with a couple of my friends. I met up with some uh, some fellas and some lads and some ladies and some friends of indiscriminate identity that were. Uh, really accepting the last time that I hung out with them at a would sack you anime. Say, would you say you were hanging out with ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between? Indeed. Indeed, David. Your your excellent catchphrase. Or uh, the ladies, gals, and indiscriminate pals. And uh, they, they were very cool the first time I met them. I had met them uh, a year and a half ago at uh, Sack Winter 2016. Right at the beginning of that new year where there was possibility and no no expectation of heartbreak like we got during that year but uh they were very cool very accepting people because that was the year that i became the robbie rotten guy as opposed to you know various cosplays guy and uh as a joke i i disbanded from my friends that were going to other cosplay meetups and i went to the jojo one because people are funny and like to draw uh steven stevenson stefan stephenson as uh as the jojo so uh i go up there and the speed wagon and this oh my uh, god 
Stefan <laughs> Stefanson as a JoJo character. That's why did I yes. never see that until now? Oh my goodness! The artwork that's so is perfect. spot on. It's perfect. They don't even have to exaggerate him that much. It's an incredible likeness, and and you don't even have to Iraqi it up at all because like just the the costumes that people wear in uh, Lazy Town, which is of course where that uh, infamous meme are from, the cancer curing meme. Uh, they just look JoJo esque, and I I go there, and you know the group were had sense of humor about it and they were incredible and that's where i met fawn and sam who are most likely known i'm going to plug them here for uh trench coat on a tardis uh which is a blog that is dedicated to stanchez cosplay and for those of you who are not aware uh that is the crossover between uh the character stan pines from gravity falls that lovable fedo- uh, fez wearing uh con man and of course, Grunkle every- Stan, as he is everybody's favorite. Uh, yes, Grunkle Stan, and everybody's favorite or least favorite chaotic neutral scientist, Rick Sanchez. And uh, they they're 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 really close. They're really incredible people. I'm absolutely floored that they were so cool as to as to meet up with me again for this convention. And I had, of course, my Rick cosplay as I was obligated for the panel that I had mentioned on our previous podcast. And, and uh, we had some drinks. We were knocking things back and getting to know each other a lot better and having some really nice, candid discussion on the bar. It, this is this was my dream, David. I always wanted to sit at a bar and actually be able to talk to somebody about something I cared about, nerd-wise, and have them actually give a shit. Because that's happened before, where I'll just go to, like my favorite sushi bar and I'll sit down and go, the thing about Capcom is, and the guy next to me is going, all right, uh, uh, games I, but this, this isn't, this was an entirely different experience and it was absolutely fantastic. You know, just a really nice, great, intimate set of conversations. And you know, nobody was pulling any punches. Nobody was sitting there going like, mm, you know, I mean, I, I, I respect the people that watch Naruto. Like, we were sitting there going, okay, you know what? One Piece <laughs> has gotten bad. Bleach has gotten bad. But here's the thing. You know, you, you like what you like and you don't like what you don't like. And, you know, anime, they're and, treating and the I anime. Will have some th- I will strong. have some things to say that are somewhat related to that later on in the show. Well, thank goodness. But, yeah, that was, that was the positive of it. But the negative was, of course, I got really tired really quickly uh, because, you know, there was a lot of alcohol I had to process through my system. And I was drinking a lot of water, too. But it was also uh, that weekend, Sacramento peaked at 112 degrees in mid-afternoon. It was, uh, it was an experience. But uh, aside from that, aside from, you know, not really having a lot of uh, energy for most events, and I Unfortunately, could not make it to either the John Ratzenberger panel, as he was uh, there, or the Overwatch panel. I did get to meet and uh, receive the autograph for from Josh Petersdorf, who is, of course, the voice of Roadhog. And there's quite the story for that, because I've never actually gone to one of these before. Never really, uh, like, I've, I've never met uh, one of these uh, voice acting properties uh, in this sort of situation. And there was another one that I met along the way. And I think 
uh, David, you'll really enjoy that. But, you know, it was really exhausting. It was a long line. I was starting to wonder if it was even worth it and that I would never do this again. And they uh, person behind me said, you know, ordinarily they'd give you a ticket to go and see all the people of a various franchise so you could see all the people that were there for for Overwatch VAs because they not only had Josh Peters stores, but they had the voice of Genji, voice of Zenyatta, so you can get, you know, I can uh, say that Pigman. with other conventions that I have <laughs> been to, this is a pretty common occurrence where if you want to meet like people from one franchise, I know when I was in Atlanta for Dragon Con, there were a few of the cast members of The Walking Dead there, especially Easy because that's filmed in Atlanta. Um, mm. Also, Silent Hill at a convention, there were a few people from Silent Hill. Uh, but yeah, th- this it seems like you you couldn't get such a thing. Yeah, and you know because I I want to do my homework and I want to make sure it's cool to you know uh, if I wanted to give a drawing to Mister Peter's store if that kind of thing, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't doing anything that was wrong. Like, can I bring in my my art source book for Overwatch for him to sign, or do I have to like use what they've designated me that kind of thing? And David, I don't. I think this is only in. Uh, this particular part of California, maybe, maybe it happens. El- maybe it happens at like Otakon or something. But here's the thing: uh, the the guidelines and rules state state some things that I don't think should have to be said. But the fact that they do is really disgusting. Like, if you're going to give a gift, uh, it will not guarantee that you will be able to give it to them in person. You have to have your contact information on it. It can't be made out of human body parts such as hair, skin, or nails. And, uh, Ner- if you get weird, nervous, man. you have to write down what you say. If uh, you realize that you don't have to worship the ground they walk on, like that should just be con- – this sort of thing should go without saying. But the fact that it has to be said just – in it, it in, is an indicative of what nerds has happened and social previously cues, jack nerds and social cues we're in a really i mean uh you know not to get this kind of political but you know uh northern california and just california in general is a very accepting and awesome place that can be a really good thing but i think sometimes that can enable people to maybe not uh maintain various uh social graces but you know that's a that's a thing for another discussion i think a little bit more of a serious one but josh was very cool i gave him my picture that i drew and you can see it i i posted it on twitter along with my big dumb grinning face uh he was extremely elated to have it you know it it ended up not being a big deal i asked his assistant said is he is it okay if i hand him this and she said he's gonna love it and then even announced and said he's got a gift for you and i i hand it to him and he actually got up out of his chair and gave me this big bear hug and i was dressed as junk at the time i forewent my uh my Joker cosplay for the weekend and instead went for the much easier Junkrat, which is to say didn't have to style my hair and turn it green just had to hang upside down and use hairspray and so he screamed he squeals this this large this large man with the big beard just squeals in my ear thanks junkie and it was a very it 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 felt in that moment i was still exhausted i was still pissed off and i was still not wondering uh considering going to day three but god damn it in that moment i was very happy and knew that at the very least waiting in line was worth it 
but I could not Those see the other two. Those are the moments, aren't they? Those are the moments. It, it was a very good time, and he was super cool, you know. Oh, man, you guys can roll with me any day. He even went ahead and addressed uh, the the autograph to all the people I asked him to because, unfortunately, a lot of the people that I roll with in Overwatch could not make it to the convention because of various injuries or because of where they're stationed in America. So it was really great. He was so nice and so kind. But there was another one, David. There was somebody I met candidly. And uh, this actually reminded me of a meetup. I, or not, not not a meetup, but of another uh, not as exciting celebrity sighting. So I'll start with that one. This happened during our season break, I believe. I had gone to Fanime in uh, San Jose and the nostalgia critic was a guest, and I couldn't have been less enthused. But I actually passed him in the corridor on day zero. And I looked him once over, and, and I didn't want to pause. I didn't want to watch anything, but I'm a petty asshole, and uh, you know I didn't want to be extremely mean. But I did, I did mutter under my breath, oh, your cosplay is good, but you're not a shrill. And just kept walking. And I, I feel bad, but not that bad. You know what I'm saying? You I know what I'm saying, say <laughs> I have met Mr. Walker a couple of times. Uh, he is, uh, being a Chicago native, he is within quick distance of conventions here in the Great Lakes and Midwest area. Uh, and what, what did I say to him when I met him at Midwest Media Expo? Uh, I, I think I said something along the lines... You know, basically, like the the female version of him is better, which is true. It and, is true, and he seemed to basically agree. So i I think he's reached a thing, level of self awareness. Oh, he I think he is. He's very self aware, and I give him a ton of credit for that. But he, uh, I, I know at, at I didn't this catch convention, his as I kept walking. I know that at this convention there was someone else that was there, uh, a voice actor of of a certain character, Jack. Oh, yes. And speaking of self-awareness, uh, you'll never guess uh, that it was, in fact, most likely the person that you're referring to that I had a, a chance encounter with. Uh, that is Roger Craig Smith. Yay. I actually passed him. The, I passed the man him in the that house. is... The voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. And I knew I had to make it good, and I had to make it quick. So using my own best voice acting chops, as I passed him, uh, dressed as Baby Driver, I might add, that was my cosplay for the first day, followed by Rick, and then followed by Junkrat, and then back to Rick because I wanted to go and get a drink, and I wanted to stay in character, damn it. Uh I'm passing him dressed as Baby Driver, blasting bell bottoms by the blues, the blues explosion, and I, I kind of like turn it down on my Bluetooth, and I go, "Roger, who's that?" He's talking to me, and he lost it. He was surrounded by people who were, uh, I don't know if they were talking. I couldn't quite notice. It was a, you know, a, like a split moment in time, but you know, I'm sure that there were a lot of distractions and things like that. But in spite of all all of that, all of the people, you know, kind of escorting him to, uh, I, I don't remember if there was a Sonic Mania panel, but, uh, uh, or Forces, I think there was a Sonic Forces preview, uh, and I think he, okay. he was present for that. 
uh, he, you know, in spite of all of the people, I, I cannot stress this enough, there are at least seven or eight people with him. Uh, and despite all these distractions that make up the convention, including my own music, which was playing fairly loud, he he caught earshot of my my quote of what I assume what I would imagine to be probably one of the greatest uh, meta jokes of our time. Take that, Deadpool, and lost it. I can't stress this enough. He cracked the fuck up, David. He was cackling, and I was so pleased. And I kept walking. That was a good day. Well, I'm glad that you got a very funny and talented dude to laugh. Uh, From one funny and talented dude to another, I'm glad you two sort of had that moment between one another, more or less. I love convention stories, so sorry, guys. I love hearing about Mm -hmm. conventions because conventions are awesome. If you can't go to one, you should because they're a lot of fun. And you mm-hmm. can work on your social cues because nerds need to work on their social cues. Otherwise, you get a big laundry list of things that you're not supposed to do at the convention. And uh, boy, that creeps out the rest of us. We end up not wanting to go on day three. But David, there was also uh, there were some there were some games. Uh, I'll leave you to talk about Sonic. But there were some games that I got to play over this weekend because I went halvesies on a very special system. And that was the Nintendo Switch. Oh. Yes. By all means, go ahead. So a friend of mine and I, uh, we we got tired. Well, we didn't get tired because we were very happy to uh, watch The Tick. But we ran out of episodes because, God damn it, Amazon, six is not enough. But I digress. Really good show. You should still watch it but we decided that we wanted to kind of uh keep things exciting and we figured you know we can we can easily you know three hundo and then if we buy a game that's that's fine we can manage so we pull our money together with some despair thanks to our uh ingenious mathematical prowess and uh we get ourselves a nintendo switch with a couple extra peripherals for the uh, ease of controlling with the Joy-Con, which I still say is a name for a sex toy than it is for a controller, but whatever. I'm not the manufacturer. I, I obviously do not understand. And uh, we bought 1-2-Switch, ARMS, and Breath of the Wild. And I am on the lookout for a pre-owned copy because... I'm still broke as fuck for snipper clips because that's the one that really encouraged me to get a Nintendo switch. And I've seen the footage for that game. It's really incredible. Uh, I, I would say right now I haven't even, I haven't even played it. And I would recommend snipper clips because super flash brothers, they don't make bad games. Detective grimoire, snipper clips, just do it. It looks like a lot of fun and I will very much look forward to that. But David, uh, This is a really good, really good system. I had the opportunity to play some previews that they had uh, available near my near my town. It was a really good experience, but I wasn't super impressed. But that's probably because I was really tired. We had a long drive to the area, but having it now in a consumer setting, it is very nice. It's compact. 
It's simple. The design is easy. They have not pulled out any stops to make this a very good, very portable, very accessible and versatile system. And uh, what we have game-wise is actually not that bad. I'm usually someone who waits maybe a year, year and a half for consoles, if I can afford consoles. But this as I As I did with really my good. PlayStation 4, I did the same with my PS4. And we did play the demo while we were waiting for them to uh, grab the particular one we wanted in stock with the red and blue Joy-Cons, not just the gray ones, because, damn it, it's nice to have some color. Uh, we waited for them to go into the uh, warehouse at ye local GameStop, and uh, we were playing the XCOM, basically, uh, Mario vs. Rabbids. And David, it's not terrible. It's pretty dang good. It controls nicely, looks nice, and it's got some good animations and some weird, some thing, subtle Jack, humor. I gotta say, you are really the only person I've heard talk about that game. I heard the buzz for it and the build-up, but I'll be honest, I don't even remember when it came out or if it came out, because it seemed like it just went quiet. But you're telling me that it is good? I think that's actually a shame. I'm I'm rather surprised, given the two brands, uh, Mario yes. and the Rabbits, but I really haven't heard or seen much of anything about it, and... I do keep in contact with a few Nintendo diehards, but I'm I'm really rather surprised. But you're telling me it's good, which is perfectly acceptable. But Jack, I I have a confession to make about something. Yes, uh, I, I'm going to make a confession about an anime I started watching, and and maybe two other anime that aren't necessarily judge worthy. But but this right. one. In particular, I feel like I I must confess. Uh, Forgive me, Jackson, for I have sinned. In between the last time we talked, I did a bit of a YouTube dive and a bit of an anime dive, and I started checking out a show that really needs no introduction. Of course, I'm talking about Boruto. Uh, a.k.a. Naruto Next Generations, as as it's called in some places, <laughs> where we hear and watch the tale of Boruto, a.k.a. the son of Boruto's dad. And mm. as it turns out, it's, it's definitely a shounen anime, which I'm usually very cold on, unless I can find a character that I can root for and appreciate. And lo and behold... The show that is running like ninjas, the next generation, has given me a character that I can appreciate and respect and root for. And that is Sarada Uchiha. And for oh no! Yes. <gasps> the S- Shadow the Hedgehog's daughter? That's exactly why, Jack. That is exactly why I'm rooting for this poor young lady. Because... Her father, Sasuke Uchiha, the the edgiest of the edgy of the modern day anime space, the 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 reigning captain of edgy anime characters, uh, and his wife, technically uh, Sasuke, um, God, what's her name? Sakura, Sakura. Uh, probably every shonen enthusiast's least favorite female character, Sakura, who is 
ever the doormat for Sasuke. Because even though the years have gone by, and we all get a little older and, and move on to the next phase of our lives, adulthood, marriage, parenthood, Sakura is still a doormat for Sasuke. Well, thank Ooh. goodness for that. I would have thought she would have grown a spine. Some The more things change, Jack, the more they stay the same. And same as it ever was. Sasuke is on some secret ninja mission and has left the home for years and years and years. I was really hoping you were going to say he was on some secret ninja drug. I would love to see the the version of this, like the, the, the Boruto horseman, if you will, where everybody's on drugs and washed up and miserable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe some of the older, older characters might be because being around a lot of these characters drive anyone to, to drugs have, uh, Look, Sasuke in particular can we have an episode he, like episode 2 of Dragon Ball Super where they go to the theme park and disgruntled hijinks in zoo well I, I appreciated that one because there was also some good father and son bonding so I, I, I enjoyed that I'm not, as opposed, well. not opposed I, I, that is not to be a negative comparison I'm just <laughs> I, I've made enough fun please please but continue Sarada Uchiha <laughs> this, this poor girl she has a mother that essentially allows her husband, her father, to abandon them for years at a time to the point where he almost didn't recognize her from growing up from when she was a baby. And also having to be in the, for the lack of a better term, ninja squad with our main character, Naruto's son, Boruto. And this Remember little shit, this little shit right here. Oh my god, he he is a. If there's ever a, a more descriptive term that that come from that came from the internet, calling Boruto a little shit is as accurate as it gets. However, Naruto, as he's grown and matured. And become Hokage. He's he's actually not that terrible anymore. He he's okay. Uh, his son, however, Jesus Christ. And that all the same now, makes me still say that you should have faith in it specifically. Does he tell you that uh, above all things you should not lose your faith? You should, in fact, believe in it. Naruto did say that one last time on the day they made him Hokage, or at least a, a clone of his did, because he wasn't actually there. And this this little romp on the day they made him Hokage was pretty amusing. But uh, I, I guess Naruto, I can't believe it's not butter, even though he's still he, he, kind of like yours truly. As I get closer and closer to my mid thirties. I'm still the same guy. I'm just slightly more mature. Slightly. Ever so slightly. But I'm still the same guy. And so is Naruto. And so is Sasuke, actually. And actually, so is Sakura. Yeah, those three, they're all still pretty much the same. Uh, Hinata, uh, Naruto's wife, for everyone that appreciates fan f- fanships becoming canon, she <laughs> has become... A mom and wife who occasionally has to use her powers on her family. So, so Nicole Watterson. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> they they are a 90s sitcom with ninja powers, and it's pretty fun and pretty amusing. And, and they even have a precocious daughter, which is so appropriate. It's It really is the amazing Do I have to make a crossover on. fan art? Do I Would have to you? do that? <laughs> I'm not saying you have to, but if you do, I will. I will fully endorse it. I'll endorse it. I, I'm just thinking about what would be less disturbing to have Sarada in a uh, in an orange jumpsuit or to have ninjaed up Anais. I'm 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 genuinely concerned about what might be more disturbing. I vote for the latter. Though so the appeal. The appeal of uh, drawing Richard Watterson as everyone's favorite orange jumpsuited ninja all grown up has its appeal. So we'll see. We will see. He has a cape <laughs> now, too. He has a cape. A- oh, no. Just like the cotton-tailed crusade. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's it's happening, David. Finally, after all these years of, of Western animation aping from uh, anime... We are seeing the opposite happen. They're just a few decades off, but my gosh, that's happening. Well, speaking of being a few decades off, my anime club is watching uh, something from the archive, something from all the way back into the golden age of the late 90s of anime, uh, something from 1997 called El Hazard. This show is maybe the earliest example that i can recall of what is now the very tired and very played out transported to another world style anime Mm -hmm. however comma this show with its 1997 fantasy aesthetic anime y'all out there know exactly what i'm talking about this show really does do some interesting things. The It starts off with looking like your kind of typical wacky high school rival anime, and then it totally flips its own script and transports them to this fantasy world where the main antagonist with the most wonderful evil cackle uh, I've heard in years, and the the main homeboy, the, the main protagonist, ends up having to portray uh, who you would assume is his alternate universe version of himself that actually ends up being a woman. So for the bulk of this, he has to (laughs) be what they believe to be his sister in this universe. They, They say it's his sister, but kind of him as well. It's almost like a Tenchi gender bending kind of thing because uh, he's the chosen one, but the sister's really the chosen one, and it's a whole thing. And there, there's some, there's a hot spring episode really early on. They get that out of the way quick. I appreciate that, but it's it's 90s anime didn't beat around the bush. No, they they got those things out of the way very quickly. A, a lot of the anime tropes now that everyone hates back in 1997 they were still kind of fun and entertaining and we could all get a giggle out of it Uh, and they only had one swimsuit episode as opposed to the beach episode and the pool episode and the beauty pageant episode at christmas time (laughs) yeah back in 1997 seeing like the incident of ah he's actually a guy Ah! back then 
it was still funny. Not mm-hmm. so much today. This anime is, it, it's an OVA, but there's also a TV series. We're watching the OVA. As I said, it is definitely of the late 90s fantasy anime aesthetic. If you've watched Revolutionary Girl Utena or anything from that era, it, it is it is a very colorful record of Lodos War. It's it's way more colorful, way more bright, and the antagonist characters kind of remind me of the Klingons, just in their personality, because they're they're the warrior race and they want to take over and use the weapon of mass destruction and just all about power and the other dude who reminded me of Daffy Duck and all of his scheming to defeat his rival and his wonderful cackle. It's it's a show that has potential. If a show like this came out today, everyone would probably hate it. But since it was from back in the day, it kind of works. Because it's like when people talk about Superman and the Superman movies today. And people say, Superman is such a cliche character. It's all these superhero cliches that we've all seen a billion times. Well, yeah, this is the guy where it came from. It's Superman. Exactly. He's the guy. Uh, exactly. In, in the case of El Hazard, a lot of these, since it is an anime from 1997, of its time, it's really fun and interesting. If you can put your mind in that place, you can say, okay, this is, this is kind of fun. And so far, it's, it's really well drawn. Uh, animation wise, frame to frame, uh, I, I've seen better the 90s. Uh, from I've seen better from this time. Uh, so the the actual drawings and the stills are fantastic, animation wise, frame to frame. Eh, but what are you going to do? It's usually so, a gamble Elhazar. with that. You bring up something interesting when it comes to uh, talking about where all the cliches and tropes come from. Is uh, Azumanga Daio is like that for me. Uh, and and to a lesser extent, something like high school girls. You know, the school anime used to not suck. It used to be surreal and weird, and the characters weren't meant to be there for your sexual gratification, mostly because Chio Chan's ten years old. But you know, sometimes that doesn't stop people. But they they had character and personality, and it, it sounds like El Hazard is doing that for the fantasy genre, as what Azumanga Daio did for the school anime genre. Now, it also probably started as the gateway to Moe, but it was not Moe itself. But uh, that's just a and thought. I can see that El I... Hazard as being the originator uh, or one of the early examples of the transported to another world, uh, regular do transported to another world anime. And so far, it's I don't hate it. It's okay. It doesn't sound tired. As, it doesn't sound as tired of a concept, and it certainly doesn't sound, from what you're saying, that if this was made in 2017, that you would have all the uncomfortable implications of oh, he's actually a guy and all that, as as earlier stated. So, it sounds like a lot of fun. I'm looking at some stills of it right now, but as David, I, fu- 
as I find myself saying more and more, given that I am a 90s kid, uh, it was a different time, as they say. Mm-hmm. It was a different time. I, <laughs> the 90s. I still find <laughs> myself saying that. But David, yeah. I've actually seen a small, no-context clip of uh, another show that you uh, had had seen in recent yeah yeah there's uh at the anime club last week uh they, they had a little thing for my birthday as well uh me me and a friend of mine uh who both have birthdays around this time and uh, along with el hazard um another show came up that was picked by uh someone else uh definitely not me uh this show uh was called show by rock uh, it, it is created by Sanrio, the giant galactic empire behind Hello Kitty and God knows what else. This show. I'll just say me and uh, a couple of the others, we had pretty much made our mind up about this show after one episode. <laughs> Like I, I haven't had a like I didn't react the same way I've reacted to other anime on one episode, but we definitely made up our mind after one episode, the the first episode, where one minute it was cutesy moe girls trying to form a band, uh, believing in their hopes and dreams, and then one minute later it was about boy bands and then one minute later it was goddamn tron yeah another minute later it was superhuman samurai cyber squad from the 90s like that's exactly what happened that's exactly what happened david is i i i saw that you were going to talk about this and i decided i was going to take a look at it i saw the art style pegged it as another lucky star k on wannabe especially those goddamn blushy cheeks that look look like nipples and then i scrubbed early later on in the episode the the friend of mine that that well we walked out we pointed out the shoulders Mm -hmm. oh the nipple shoulders shoulders. i i hate this uh, i hate it 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 happens on everything it happens on their cleavage on their shoulders on sometimes on their forehead if they've got that headband hairstyle but it happened exactly as you say david i'm sure it had as much sense to you as it made to me i skipped like six further on in the episode because i could not give less of a shit and all of a sudden there's a giant purple pulsating teddy bear of some kind and everyone's rushing to i don't care this is this is this seemed to me to be the epitome of what bad anime is seen by by filthy casuals who don't and understand. I was willing to give episode one a chance when I saw that the main girl was fighting a giant monster with her guitar because I am someone that is a believer in the power of rock. However, Likewise. there was too much moe, too much bishonen, too much out-of-nowhere cutesiness, and just too much of the things that are bad about anime to make up for this. If it were tweaked a little bit, I could see this almost being decent. But when it started looking like Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, kids, (laughs) ask your 90s kids' friends 
that are in their 30s. Ask them about that one. When it started to look like that show and it had all of the Tron motifs, we were ready to check out. Just watch Bakumatsu Rock. I think we've talked about it before. That is the power of rock. That is the power and of rock. Once again, it's from Sanrio, so it's already probably making them a billion dollars, so what do we know? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that is, as they say, that. But, God. I mean, maybe it will have appeal to you, but if it if it does appeal to you, then please, kindly, don't talk to me. Uh well, there's a there's a lot to talk about. Uh, we got a lot. We got a lot. And there's there's some there's some nostalgia. This there's is a lot as they, this is as and there's they a lot of say, disappointment. Jack. This is as they used to say, Jack, a really big shoe. It's a really big shoe, indeed. So we've speaking, got the speaking Chamberlain of things tonight. that speaking of things that make billions of dollars and will never go away. Oh come on! Oh yeah, gotta catch them all. Unless you're me, then you catch 251 and you give up because they just look stupid now. But a lot of them do look weird. However, comma this does not capitalizing on the nostalgia. Pokemon has decided that they are bringing back our old buddy Ash's two favorite companions after years and years and years and years. Charizard and Bulbasaur. Oh, and Misty. Well, maybe, maybe them too. Brock and Misty will be returning for two episodes of Pokemon. And there's all sorts of nostalgia poppery for this. Everyone loves the OG Pokemon team. And everyone out there still thinks Ash and Misty are going to get married. And maybe Brock might open his eyes. Who knows? But <laughs> yes. That'll be the end of the show for for good. He'll open his eyes and he'll cut to black and we'll never know. No, it, It'll it be like be, the Sopranos. It will be Ash finally winning a tournament and Brock being so surprised that he opens his eyes. And but will Brock end. bring back his trusty frying pan and use it as a dr- frying pan? That is perhaps what from I the as, tears. as an OG fan. Perhaps from the tears of shock and awe from opening his <laughs> eyes after Ash actually wins a tournament. That would be amazing. Please let Ash win. Well, that's um, exactly why they can keep it going forever. Is that just mm-hmm. Ash will never win? Ash anything. is a loser. <laughs> He'll never win anything, and everyone knows it. But it still keeps going. Here's the thing I'm noticing about this. Speaking of things about Pokemon that look weird is I'm still not used to the new art style. Misty kind of looks okay, but Brock looks wrong. He looks wrong. I'll I'll, I'll level with you, David. This is one of those, aw, look at the adorable artist starting out kind of things. But uh, everybody's got that thing that they would draw a million hundred times. I have like maybe five six of those and one of them was actually pokemon and i didn't want to try and draw ash's hat because i was too young and thought it would be too hard and misty's hair was a mystery (laughs) but brock was easy to draw so i drew a lot of brock and meowth when i was a kid not pikachu i actually thought pikachu was kind of scary as a kid but 
out of out of that particular part of my childhood, I drew Brock a lot. And when you grow up and you start to get used to these characters and how they are put together and you can understand how the lines can form to make them their iconic selves that animators have to painstakingly draw at 12 frames a second, you, you start to notice when people fuck it up and they fucked it up. That's, that's about all I could say about that. Why did Pokemon feel the need to reinvent the wheel so significantly? I, I can understand. I, I, I have said this before on I, I can I can understand that evolving over time, but wow, the art style it, is the same for the games. It makes zero sense because now you're making it look entirely different. But I'll tell you, I think I said this before. My theory was it looks like Yokai Watch now because they felt threatened. Yes, you're right. You did say that. That's absolutely correct. Yokai Watch is starting to become a little bit of a franchise. I still don't think they should feel threatened because this is Pokemon we're talking about. But I think they do. I think they do. It's like when Disney reinvented copyright law to ensure that nobody could touch Captain America except for them and their beautifully stitched gloved fingers. So, uh, Do you think that the fact that... Because Pokemon has been around for so long, and because Pokemon look weirder and weirder, because it's hard to come up with new ideas when you've created 6,000 different kinds of creatures, that they're just kind of stretching themselves a little thin? Well, not too thin, because there's still some animals they haven't used. Like, I don't, I don't see lemur Pokemon anywhere, and I don't see any tapirs or capybaras. What's the deal, Pokemon? You've got plenty of animals. You don't have to make ice cream Pokemon. You don't. Are there Although marmoset Pokemon. Can you that, make a that, marmoset? That new, new. Uh, that's I'm probably a few generations off, but that one that turns into a sword or a shield, depending on the situation, is a pretty cool idea. I will not. I I won't begrudge them that. Or the lantern one. The I like the ghost Pokemon a lot. I know I'm not alone with that. That one looks pretty cool too. But there's so many animals and so many places in the world that we have yet to explore and understand how they work. You could make several, you could make an entire type of bioluminous and aquatic creatures themselves. Water light type. Do it, Pokemon. You don't have anything left to do. Well, it wouldn't hurt you to have some new ideas. But I guess nobody has new ideas anymore, Jack, because we have to talk no. about Death Note. Can we kill Death Note? Can we write Death Note in the Death Note and kill it? No, not at least until Kaz and I do two nerdy black guys, because we're going to be talking about Death Note later. But I know you, Jackson, you, you brave soul, Mm. you actually dove in just not that long ago, so... It's true. Uh, g- give me the 411 before Kaz and I decide to hurt ourselves for podcast reasons. Oh, boy. Well, I'm going to keep this a little general, but first story time. Uh, Myself, a young Jackson, I was finishing up uh, season four of BoJack Horseman, and I thought, you know what? It's been a good day. This is good. I've been crying. I'm I'm feeling like I can manage. So while six people, six different people texted me no 
don't do it. This is a bad idea. I like a, I, I any- will also say that to Kaz, because <laughs> we are going to be reviewing this, uh, I said when we talked about it uh, on the last two NPG, uh, I said to Kaz, D- do you really want to do this? Do you really want to do this? I highly suggest that you don't. You know, I'm I'm sorry you've hyped it on APOS, but I really think you shouldn't. I highly suggest that you don't because it will make you personally angry. Because I stopped at maybe minute 15, quit, tried again right before the podcast, couldn't. It, I could not. David, I, I had to resort to looking up clips and Wikipedia because I could not fucking handle this. Now... I've got some questions for you before we before we dive into this. Um, what sort of personality traits or defining characteristics come to mind when you think of Light Yagami? Someone that is intelligent but has mm-hmm. an absurdly high opinion of himself that is inversely proportional to his opinion of the rest of humanity. He he uh, he's had some success in his uh, education, no small success, and he's very clever, and it shows throughout the series. You would say you you would be in agreement if I told you that, yes? Yes. Well, you can throw all that in the fucking crapper because they decided that they were going to make him a cheating, stupid, no nonsense loser. He is a fucking idiot, and he gets caught. You don't make Light Yagami get caught unless he's going to fucking die. Spoilers. The original Death Note, kinda. But I mean, what do you expect? Statute of limitations. They They tried to make Light Yagami sympathetic because like like various people who maybe are a little bit too young or uh, not... I I hate to make it kind of about... uh, it's going to sound a little pretentious to say, but sometimes you're not the right person to get Death Note. If you're not ready to understand that you're not supposed to sympathize with, with the protagonist. It, he's a villain protagonist. He is not meant to be where you place all of your sympathies, where you understand his logic. But he's he, you're smarter than to everyone watch. else, like me. He wants to save everyone <laughs> because he's smarter than everyone, and I'm smarter than everyone. Everyone is stupid, and I need to save everyone with my smarts. Well, this guy is a fucking idiot. He gets caught cheating. He's weaseling himself out of there the first guy he kills is not at as a stroke of what i i did admit when i was reading death note when i was first coming to understand what it was all about deciding to destroy a a convicted killer uh as, as what he would assume is a good moral choice his first kill is a bully that is personally hurting somebody who he has feelings for this is not like Yagami. This is a loser. This is a fucking loser. This guy is Ash Ketchum. After every Pokemon tournament, he is a fucking idiot and a loser. And I hate it. I, I got it. I like I really wanted to try and be a little bit more eloquent about it, but he he's not what you're supposed to look for. They're they're trying to do different things with this. This is what I really wanted to get down to, David, is 
I heard from, like I said, six different people told me not to watch it because it was really bad. But I wanted to for one reason and one reason only, and that was Willem Dafoe. And God damn it, David, if there's one thing that is actually good in this, a decent performance, a great sense of what the character is about, and knows that he can do whatever the fuck he wants with the role because he doesn't give any more of a shit about this than the people who tried to adapt it. It was Willem Dafoe as Ryuk. He did an amazing job. I'm not making that up. I'm not trying to be, you know, a meme lord about this. I'm not just thinking about all the times that I would adore watching him as the Green Goblin for the OG Spider-Man film. Still my personal favorite, sorry to say. Or not sorry, sorry, not sorry. The Willem Dafoe did a really great job. I think he actually understood that this was a bad project, but he knew he had the cool guy. He was playing the cool guy. And, and it shows. He was able to have he, fun with it. I really hope that eventually there will be uh, those, those people that make the B-movie mo- uh, videos uh, where it'll just be Death Note 2017, but it's just Ryuk because... It's what it desperately needs. David, it's no surprise Death Note is about the moral conundrum of is it okay to kill people? It opens up a dialogue. It provides you with various characters who have their own motivations for doing uh, with upholding justice or uh, stopping crime or whatever. There's various people to look out for. Light's dad, Light himself, L, Misa. And I think they throw it all away for simple, easy, poppy, popcorn movie morals. They even get to the point where, uh, in in a clip I, I watched later on, where the stakes have been raised and Mia, Misa, but Mia is being confronted by Light, who proclaims, we're not the good guys anymore. It... I, I, I think... I think the people responsible just weren't ready to handle this kind of material. It, it, I don't think it makes, especially for the, what the plot that they were trying to go for. I really don't think that it makes for a, a single movie. And, and Japan has gone it down, but that's because it's beloved and they've got ways of making individual stories and the novels are great. They're standalone stories and individual cases and different and plot they points. They don't look at their audiences like dullards. This is absolutely trying to do like what what the what the Lorax adaptation in 2007 tried to do is make a really Ooh, a wow re- really disconcerting ambiguous environmental message about the fact that you are part of the problem that you are partially responsible for what's going on and that could happen to anybody and in the pursuit of capitalism you can be the villain you cannot always be the thing you know what i I'm just going to stop what I'm saying right now. I'm just going to say you want to watch a movie with a villain protagonist that you will come to despise, but you'll enjoy the, the ride. You'll have questions, the complex goings on. You'll see exchanges of power and uh, all various things. I'm not even kidding when I say this. Watch The Founder. Watch The Founder starring Michael Keaton. That was a good movie. 
I saw that earlier that day. It was really good. Uh, it, it, now, it's about Jack, McDonald's, but it's good. I have to say, why did you enjoy all of this quality content and then throw Death Note in there? Why'd you do that to yourself? Because Death Self, Note... Self-harm isn't cool, kids, <laughs> DJM says. It's true. It's true. It's no good. You gotta get out of there. It's because, David, I thought that it would make for good podcasting. And I don't, I mean, As after all the things I'm throwing out of there. So the things I'm throwing out there, would, would you say this is bad? I don't know. People love to hear other people yell about things. And it, in, I'm not really hurting any. I'm, I'm on somebody else's Netflix to enjoy all of this good content. I'm buying them beers on occasion, but I am not giving any revenue for the viewing of this film. I'm, I'm, I'm watching it on somebody else's dime and I get to quit when I want to. Damn it. And I did quit. I don't think I'll return. Not until somebody out there shows me Death Note, but it's just Ryuk. That's what I, I want. Just tell Go me Go out this. there and get it for me. Was Misa yes. a cute goth? No. She was a... She was a fucking bitch. That's what she was. I'm done trying to come get up with that clever right. things. Jesus. They can't she even was, get that right. Misa was there was the one thing that I think that I think we could may, maybe there are some things that you could find interesting about her Dave and I liked the fact that she had that kind of psycho dedication to her but for the most part it was an annoying aspect of Death Note for me but oh, she she did look adorable she this this one is just a fucking and she's not even Misa she's Mia but here's here's something that I personally uh L, as opposed to being, uh, oh, I don't really give a shit about my appearance. I'm just going to, you know, hold things like everything's covered in germs and eat a shit ton of sugar and be weird and eccentric and dedicated to hunting guy down like a hound. No, he's acting like a fucking idiot ninja. He's so self-styled, it's not even the same character at that point. You can't make up new eccentricities with completely different reasons for having them for a goddamn sloppy misanthropic detective. You can't suddenly say, oh, but he actually cares if people see him. He's going to dress up like a ninja. I'm not even making this. Sh- I couldn't make this shit up. I am I'm actually upset that I am not telling you horrible lies right now, David. I wish I were telling you horrible di- lies. I wish I could just go, ah, just kidding. It's great. I wish. Well, rather than telling me about this horrible trash that I have to watch for a podcast, Kaz, you son of a... Tell me about this thing that you're definitely excited for and I- I'm more than intrigued about. So tell me about Cuphead. All right. So, David, this is my Sonic Mania. This is something I've been waiting to come out since my dad's birth date. 1936, give or take 80 years, or 81, we finally have news that Cuphead will be released for Xbox One, Windows 10, and Steam on September 29th. So, for those of you who are uninitiated, once upon a time at E3 
2015, an exceptional demo was made for an indie game by MDHR Games done by two brothers and their wife. Uh, it was a Mega Man boss rush style sort of a game, a run and gun type platformer as they called it. But there was something exceptional about it that really made it stand out visually. And that's that the entire thing was not only done to be drawn in the style artistically of Fleischer Brothers era cartoons, such Felix the Cat, Betty Boop, Swing You Sinners, Bimbo's Initiation, but it was also done with the same techniques. There are no digital shortcuts. They color digitally. That's it. Everything is drawn, animated, on paper, with pencil, inked. There is one woman inking the entirety of the game. Wow. That is hundreds of thousands of frames. That I did not know. And she is an amazing spokesperson. If you look for footage on YouTube, she is is amazing she is very well spoken about it and how dedicated they are in 2015 they had they had maybe two or three of the eight possible bosses that they were going to have in a Mega Man style boss select screen and that was about as far as they thought they could take it but the reception was so huge for this incredible visual showing that they decided to expand and they added a shop and a world map and platforming uh, and they have doubled they have not not doubled they've almost quadrupled definitely tripled from eight bosses to over 30 that is amazing considering the the process that they are using the handmade process other uh, aside from that they're also including analog recorded uh, ragtime jazz, a 10-piece live band, and they have, I believe they, at the, as of this recording, already released the soundtrack on vinyl, but you can also receive it if you pay an extra seven bucks uh, uh, on your platform of choosing, which I certainly will be, because these guys have made a huge gamble on this. The two brothers, their childhood friend recording the ragtime music, and their wife, and their small staff have well, not not their staff, but the two brothers, their childhood friend, and their wife have quit their jobs to dedicate themselves to working on this. As the days have gone closer to the release date, we have seen more and more and more of the game, but there is still a lot that they are withholding from us. There's multiple worlds to be seen. There's more content, more items, more uh, ways to shoot. By the way, David, the way you shoot in this game as opposed to having a cute little revolver gun, which I would have assumed, considering my experience with the character Peacock from Skullgirls, uh, they use their fingers. They use their gloved fingers as finger guns. But this is all <laughs> this is all a huge showing. It's really exceptional. They have worked extremely hard, and I have placed my pre-order already. I am hype. This is something I've really wanted to see. This is the game, David, that if if I had uh, if I had the ability to quit my own job, I would make. I would hand draw something, give that meticulous detail, and really just get down to the the nitty gritty of making something so visually appealing that you can't help but notice that it's also kicking your ass because it's as hard as classic Mega Man. Uh, do you have any do you have any more questions or anything that you might like to say about this uh 
about this little project, this new game? I'm certainly glad you provided the insight into the creators and the designers and the devs behind the game. I really Mm -hmm. appreciate that insight. Uh, I remember seeing Cuphead for the first time and... Uh, I don't know, maybe, I feel like you and I might have talked about it, like, way back when. And I I remember thinking, like, I I know this is definitely Jack's kind of game. I I I feel like I vaguely remember us having a conversation about it. And when I saw it again at E3 last year, it was like, oh, yeah. There's way more. It's now almost a must-have. It's coming. It's... It looks like a beautiful game. It looks like it's going to be one of those games that every once in a while there will be some indie developer that comes along every few years that makes something and releases something and gets that backing from a major company and it just gets literally everyone to turn their head. Uh, I remember when Journey came out on the on the PlayStation 3 or yes and it won every game of the year award it it was something that completely turned the gaming world on its head for a minute and that's what Cuphead reminds me of this is so unlike anything else out there while at the same time being it looks like such a strong video game at its core. Mm. As a game, it looks strong. Like it will definitely. I can't be wait to feel how it feels. That people will want to play, while also being, uh, with all apologies to Roger Ebert, this looks like one of those times where you you make the very strong case of video games as art. That's yes. what this looks like. And the immediate comparison that I think of when it comes to Cuphead is Journey. And it could either totally flip the entire gaming world on its head, or it might be Guacamelee, which would be really unfortunate because it was a good game, but it really didn't yes. move the needle. I cannot wait to see the reception for this. Already, the, the fact that they have... Uh, that the the staff has put so much faith into people without the use of crowdfunding or the big studio endorsement, as we mentioned, uh, really speaks volumes for how much they are taking a gamble on this. And I would highly suggest that you know about Cuphead and you had any passing interest that it's only 20 bucks, 27 if you want to get the soundtrack too, which I would highly suggest because we all need a little bit of classy ragtime which is exactly the same as Sonic Mania, everybody. Yes, yes. It, seriously, uh, you know, do yourself a favor this weekend and buy yourself a Sonic Mania with the soundtrack. Maybe not. Maybe you can find somebody who can swap with you, listen to it on YouTube. But support, support, support these people because they are really, really making some headway. And it, it, I think, I think you might be right, David. I think this might show people that okay, if you take. All of this, all of these techniques and go full ham with them, you can actually make something successful when it seemed to be in this day and age, we're in a drought for this kind of animation, for this kind of uh, dedication to the craft, this extremely hard, extremely expensive and extremely 
extremely time consuming and uh, requiring a lot of talent, a lot of dedication to this particular uh, technique. I'm I'm floored. I'm absolutely floored that not only have they made it from not just you know that that very that very bare bones basic, while while still maintaining their quality, having quadrupled the game basically. It, it's become it's become an absolute must-have for me. It it seems to me this is going to be a really big game changer. Uh, pun very much intended, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing how the controls feel because I feel as if this is a game that you really can't just watch because seeing the game for yourself is going to be part of the reward. I think given how hard they've worked on the visuals and the aesthetic of everything. But David, I think that there's one particular person who has not had the best of time with what I would hope are going to be very good responsive controls for a very Twitch-based, very uh, intensive game, a very intense game where you are required to make snap before we jump into this, Jack, before we jump into this, old DJM's going to shoot, as they say in the wrestling world. I'm going to shoot. All right. I'm going to shoot on all of these game journalists for a minute. Mm-hmm. All of these game journalists out there that worship at the altar of Nintendo and love how hard games like this can be and always lament how difficult games are or rather how easy games are or how they handheld holds you through everything and how everyone hates tutorial modes and how all of this about games being so easy nowadays has become such a meme. I just want to say to all of these oh so hilarious and oh so clever game journalists, in light of this story and on behalf of the fighting game fans out there that see every person out there that writes for a video game outlet and thinks they're so clever, and everybody out there that says, well, I'm just going to button mash, LOL. On behalf of everyone that says this, my personal message to you, breathe, calm down, and shut the fuck up. Video games are hard sometimes, so just play them. I understand that playing video games doesn't necessarily have to do with being a good writer. There's no correlation there. But I saw a gentleman who proclaimed himself to be a big Sonic fan, like myself, struggle through his playthrough of Sonic Mania for his review... And it was frustrating as hell. And I'm not like Mr. Speedrun for Sonic the Hedgehog. I do okay. I'm getting stuck on one particular boss in Sonic Mania right now in Flying Battery Zone. I can admit that. But all of the others, I'm doing okay. I I still have my Sonic the Hedgehog 2D platforming muscle memory. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say to everyone that says that LOL video games are too easy, LOL I'm just going to button mash, stop. Just stop. Well said. Very well said. Uh, I'm actually having trouble with flying batteries on myself, but 
you know, I'll get it. But in the meantime, every time I die, I've decided that I'm going to switch to a new Silva Gunner remix of Flying Battery Zone because I think I'm funny. But uh, what David is leading up to is we have both uh, been initiated in the shithole that is known as the internet's reaction to Dean Takahashi from GamesBeat and his inability to clear a tutorial level. And uh, so we're not the first to talk about this, obviously, but we might be the first people. You know what? No, we might be the first people to talk about this because everybody is in a, a, a lungs blaring rage. They're screaming about this. But I, I'd like to have a, like a calm discussion about it because uh, Mr. Takahashi has gone on record saying, yes, this is shameful gameplay, as it is. It's 25 minutes of, first of all, the first third of it is involving him trying to simultaneously jump and dash. And you need to know how to do that for this game. If you've seen any footage for Cuphead, it looks difficult, but it looks, it like I said, it looks Megman Meg difficult. It looks uh, contra difficult. It looks like it is based on a classic difficulty. So, this is stuff that you need to know how to do. You need to know how to parry in midair. You need to know how to jump and dash and maintain your height. So when you can't make it past that high platform, people are going to be upset with you. And he's understood that. He's gone on record. Uh, I don't have the direct quote here, but he, he he's basically being made to apologize. But I think I think what uh, David and I are both thinking is that this is indicative of a little bit more of a bigger problem. And I don't mean Gamergate, people. I mean that we should we should be expected to have some semblance of skill as people who are talking about the gamey things in life. Uh, David mentioned Sonic Mania. I, of course, think of the people who haven't even cleared ukulele, who all decided that they were going to get on their little kombucha-fueled laptops and hem and haw about a time that they weren't likely even alive for and go, well, the video game industry has been changing for years and we just, uh, we think that maybe it's just time for us to realize that concepts that are tired are just not a, not something that we no. You can't play the game. You're not good at the game. You're not good at the kind of games because of the kind of games that we have out right now. I think it might Maybe maybe I'm wrong to say this, David, but I think it may actually be a little bit of a dying skill to have skill at difficult 2D platforming. I think maybe these people might have equal skill in something like Overwatch or tactical RPGs, but I think that there's something to be said about the fact that there might be the kind of shift for that. But can, but can it's I frustrating. Say something Watch, isn't to- it? It's very frustrating, yes. and and I'm about to say something that might stir the pot a little bit. You mentioned the 2D platforming, which, to my chagrin, is dare I say obsolete. Um, but shouldn't at be the same. T- at the same time, you always see so much love for the point and click, quote unquote, adventure games 
that really only need to be done with a mouse and a keyboard and making choices with a few clicks. You always see so much love for games like that, which don't take a ton of dexterity or timing or muscle memory. However, things like 2D platforming where you have to time things and and have some hand-eye coordination. <laughs> Remember that from back in the day, hand-eye coordination? And, uh, of course, fighting games. They, they kind of slip out of the internet modern-day video game consciousness. And they fall into their own collective bubbles of varying size. Whereas you will always see every quarter year or so, God knows how many point-and-click adventure games or point-and-click decision games or point-and-click storytelling games or point-and-click games about someone that isn't over what happened to them in high school and you have to or visual novels countless numbers of these that really don't require many of the skills that the video game itself were built upon and sure you can say akash brain power i as a fan of point click understand that myself but you can look it up online folks and no one will ever know you think but uh, from the for the motor skill for the timing for for twitch controls as they're known colloquially now it's shameful david and as it was called back in the 90s good old-fashioned hand-eye coordination Mm-hmm. it's a lost art jack it's a lost art. And I'm looking forward to seeing... I, I, I mean, I say this sarcastically. I hope it comes through. I'm looking so looking forward to all the people who are talking about how hard Cuphead is. Well, from a consumer perspective, because we're already seeing it happen. Multiple videos strong on things such as Xbox's Xbox Outside uh, show. They've had multiple videos on Cuphead, including uh, the aforementioned... Uh, Goodness, I wish I could remember her name, but uh, a little bit of a premiere and uh, uh, Q&A with the, the solo inker on the game. She was absolutely a, a treasure to watch during that whole thing, and she was very knowledgeable of the game. It seems to me like this is not going to be unforgiving. And for those of you who are still worried that, oh, I still want to see the game completed, there will be an easy mode. But... There is a little bit of a catch. As I mentioned, I think part of the reward for this game will be seeing more of the environments, more of the animations, more of the vi- visuals that have painstakingly made watercolor backgrounds, uh, you know, excellent animations and uh, concepts and designs. But uh, if you choose to embark on a level or a boss on the easy level, you will actually miss out on some of the boss phases so far of, uh, of the maybe seven or eight bosses that we've been revealed uh, that in uh, various gameplay demos, they have two to three phases. If you pick easy, it's been shown that they just cut off at the second phase after you've shot them enough times. So are you really doing yourself a service that way? 
you could you could always just build your skill up and you can relearn that magic it took me a little bit of time when i uh i went off to uh learn new fighting games you know it's like learning a new fighting game or it's like uh coming back to something that maybe you weren't as familiar with as a kid but i i really genuinely feel i i think we it 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 just bears repeating that there is uh there's a particular skill for 2D platforming that because they're meant they they seem they seem to be these days as you're either Mario or you're a Mario clone kind of deal is what I think it feels like on the indie scene but maybe you have a few extra gimmicks but they're never difficult they're never hard they're not these incredibly huge uh uh they're they're never this really long journey with an extensive amount of trials and tasks to complete. You don't have to backtrack as much. I, I think that's I think that's something that we can both agree on, David. Is that right now, uh, the two D platformers kind of uh, it's it's become this harmless sh- genre, and it never used to be. It used to be hard, and I commend. MDHR Studios for making something hard. I don't commend the people who have either forgotten or never knew in the first place how to play and yet, it. And yet at the same time, I've seen universal praise for Sonic Mania for the same goddamn thing. Except maybe one person it, that it said... Sucks. It's almost exactly like the old Sonic games. Gee, you don't say. Wow. (sighs) Haven't you learned, David? You taught me, and now I must teach you. Don't read the comments. No, this was an actual review, not the comments. Oh, it was a review. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's almost as bad as the ukulele uh, reviews. Just, oh, well, it wasn't even that good to begin with. No. Oh, shut up. And Uh, that's another thing. There were people out there that were trying to make the whole thing about, well, Sonic the Hedgehog was never really that good. A thing. Oh, God, that. You get zero decent human being points, but you get five million hipster points, so I'm sure you'll spend those wisely because they mean so much. they're I worth was so much. Saying things and speaking in a tone and vernacular that would have made uh, the the east side of my hometown of Detroit sound very familiar when I read and caught on to the Sonic was never good attempted meme. Oh, that made me so angry. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I you know as 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 a Nintendo fanboy in the past, I still tip my hat to Sonic because there there it's it is a unique concept I think for platforming it started a lot of various things that I see used to this day physics based having this momentum that you're able to continue throughout in the entirety of a stage this Speed is stuff is the reward not the mechanic exactly it's really it, it's really come to be almost synonymous with a lot of uh, various side-scrolling adventures. I see it still in what is basically, like I said, taken over the 2D platformer, the Metroidvania style 
you still get a lot of momentum based movement. You get some really rewarding controls uh, based on how well you're able to maintain your speed and momentum as you traverse through the very linear and very uh, unreliant on hand-eye coordination environment. And I, I'm glad I, I cannot stress this enough. I am extremely glad to see that someone is taking a stand and going, no, this isn't going to be just another cutesy game. We're going to lull you to the false sense of security with our, with our cartoony visuals, but we're going to, we're going to take it up a notch. We're going to test you and we're going to make this for ourselves because we love the eighties style platformers. We're going to do this because we know y'all got soft and if that isn't enough of an allegory to reflect on the in-game premise of having to do the devil's bidding so he may spare you because you rolled the bones with him and lost. Well, no, I don't know what kind of allegory it is then. I think in Hello. summation, we're just telling you to get good. And go fast. Get good. Pre- go fast. Don't press left to win. Speed is the reward, not the mechanic. Just, just... <sighs> Get your hand-eye coordination in order, everybody. Get that in order. Don't be envious because you didn't come up with Sonic the Hedgehog and, and the blast processing. Just get good. Because Jesus. Jesus. I'm <sighs> old and I can still play these things. I'm old. Mm-hmm. I'm about I, to I turn, haven't picked up. I'm about to turn 33. I'm old and I can still I still have my 2D platforming muscle memory. You got mm-hmm. no damn excuse. I beat those godforsaken hard uh extra levels in Mario World and in Yoshi's Island for 100% playing the game a 7. I was a baby. I'm relatively young compared to David, but I still did it and I could still do it again. I could still play various games. And I, I look at your current platforming, I look at Shantae, and I laugh. Because you don't know what's in store. You don't know how things used to be. And maybe not just ushering in a new way of developing games, or a new way of uh, uh, visualizing games, new techniques. Or not new techniques, but uh, reintroducing old-fashioned techniques as a way to present new content maybe this will also be a way to go hey as opposed to your artificial uh difficulty with things like i want to be the guy please stop playing that game and people still the binding of isaac oh yeah it it still it made a strong showing at uh agdq which i was very miffed about uh these artificially difficult games like binding of isaac and uh i want to be the guy all these stupid rage games, these games that are made arbitrarily hard, your stupid Mario Maker levels. How about something that took some time and some effort and some creativity and a little bit of goddamn human decency to craft? And it still manages to be hard. Give that a try. Essentially, um, what we're saying today is until <laughs> Cuphead comes out, go play Sonic Mania. Jack, I think play. we've ranted enough. Sonic Mania. I, I think we have. There's been a lot to yell about and a lot to be excited about. But boy, howdy. Boy, boy howdy. howdy, indeed. <laughs> Jack, 
because I'm an old man and I don't quite have what I used to. Go ahead and take it home. Do the thing. Alrighty. Well, uh, you can find David on the Twitter at just call me DJM, twitter.com. You can also out delta juliet mike it's fabulous it's fresh it's new such as uh not only do we have apos on there we've got two nerdy black guys and uh sports odds and ends podcast great stuff from david as always if you want to talk to me tell me what your favorite classic difficult platformer is from the the childhood days tell me about how you beat Mega Man 2 in 20 minutes i want to hear about it at jack d tyler d dot twitter dot com dot gov dot edu but i'm I'm also occasionally throwing out some pictures, some videos, some stupid observations from the one, the only Instagram at rock behind the wheel. And in the meantime, like we said, play some Sonic mania. I really, I highly recommend it. I recommend that. And I recommend pre-ordering cuphead and for David majors, just call me DJM for Jack D Tyler D count Jack Noir. Thank you so much for listening to APOS. We're happy to have you. We're happy to hear what you have to say today. And we're always happy to talk in your ears. Have a swell night, everybody. Bye.